what we do here is go back, 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 back. He bet the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. It's just hilarious in all sorts of ways. Um, oh, how the turntables. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I'm Michael McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And where you got your butts whooped? A lot going on uh, last week. A lot to not be excited about. Um, but a big game against the Jags this week. We will get into all that. Andy's bettings as per usual. But first, how are you, sir? Um, our bettings. It's RTP, remember? Um, you're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Um, Sure. I don't want to try to like separate this podcast just because there's woes going on this season. I've changed my stance on the betting. It's if if there's if one of them's a loser, it's my fault. If they're a winner, it's your it's your fault in a positive way. That's like it's it's our your, fault. You, it's our fault. It's a good gerb. What was not a good gerb was the Raiders on Sunday. If you were. <sighs> Unfortunately, watching that game, um, it's def- definitely a disappointment for the Raiders. Um, so big letdown. They go down to uh, New Orleans and end up getting blanked um, by the score of 24-0, which is not anything that we expected. Um, I caught more of the game than Micah did. Um, so just give, give some of my thoughts. And really just these – it's Thursday morning. We've – you know, if you're a Raider fan, which I imagine you are if you're listening to this, um, or if you hate the Raiders and just like to listen when they lose, you probably um, read all the clippings. Just Raiders just didn't show up from the get-go. Couldn't stop um, Alvin Kamara. Not like they, the Raiders should have listened to us, but it was pretty obvious, right? It was pretty obvious with Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry out, Andy Dalton, that quarterback, um, that Kamara was the guy. They didn't have a plan. Um, Denzel Perriman a lot of the times got – manned on him in passing um, and, and coverage. So that's just a mismatch in general. Kamara's just a, a great athlete, but Perriman's more of a downhill run stopper compared to a really run and chase sideline to sideline guy. So he got exposed there. We got exposed there. It just didn't seem like we had any plan for him when they needed a first down on third and five. It was just an out or slant to Chris Olave. So they just matriculated their way down the field, gashed us a few times. Offense couldn't get the ball going. They knew it was going to be um, centered around Jacobs. They had a plan for him. They shut him down. Carr didn't look good. He got hit early. And once he got hit early, he got shaky and started seeing ghosts a little bit, which is kind of what we've seen in the past with Carr. He would have a handful of these games every year where once he gets hit, then he's unable to kind of come back from it. And what I mean by that is just staying in the pocket, letting the routes develop. There were handful of routes that that were open Renfro was open a few few times Adams Hollins those guys were open a few times where he could have got rid of the ball he held on to it tried to move around the offensive line has been a weak spot especially in the passing game he ended up getting sacked or throwing it away so it was just um we didn't get past the 50 yard line until Jared Sim came in in the fourth quarter which it was garbage time anyways I don't take it as start Jared Sidham over car um it's not like that but it was just embarrassing it was completely embarrassing defense they were just on the field too much and, and they couldn't get off the field. So, you know, part of it is them not being able to get off the field on third down and not being able to have a plan for Kamara, who is certainly the center center point center point. I did this again. Is it center point center centerpiece or focal point focal point? I did another little times two back to back weeks, but yeah, 
Kamara was the focal point of the offense and, um, you know, we just, we couldn't stop him. And then also our offense couldn't move the damn ball. So, you know, defense got tired. They got war on and, um, yeah, 17-0 at half ended up being 24, nothing pretty quickly in the third. And that was the, the game. So not much to say. Um, they laid an egg, lacked urgency really from, from the get go. Didn't seem like a team that was two and four, uh, needing a big win on the road against a very beatable team, a defense that we could have definitely moved the ball on that every other team in the NFL has moved the ball on. And we are going into the game as a third ranked offense as far as points scored per game, just completely befuddled in my opinion. So coming off a big win against the Texans, really our two wins have been against the Broncos and the Texans at home. Okay. So clearly this team is not able to go on the road and take care of business. And maybe they are not who we thought they were. So very frustrating game. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't really want to talk about it too much. Um, I know you didn't catch much of it, but um, what are your thoughts just kind of moving forward here? Any optimism you see for, for the rest of the season for really a Raiders team that needs as much hope as, as we can get? Yeah, like you said, um, I didn't get to watch much of it, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Tried to watch some uh, some highlights or you know a little bit of some stuff that I could, and there wasn't a whole lot to uh, be excited about, especially on the offensive side. Like you said, um, I think one thing with Carr getting getting hit early and often, um, you start seeing the O line having some woes, and then the offense has got to kind of max protect, run two tight ends then you're stuck with two wide receivers out there, you know, and then you got Foster Moreau and Fling Dinger Johnson, whoever our third tight end is, is on the line because Waller's got, you know, Waller's out. So it's rough. A couple things I'm going to touch on, on why I'm not worried. Let's be realistic. Worried. Not great where we're at. Here's why I'm not worried. First one, this is your typical Raiders letdown game. We have one of these games every single year. Sometimes we have two of these games. But I know I'm always like optimistic and excited about these games. Like We're going to go out, we're going to put up points, we're going to get some Ws. But we should have seen this coming from a mile away, that this was going to be a Raiders typical letdown game. And here's why. Anytime the Raiders have to travel to the East Coast, play a 10 a.m. game, coming off of what seems to be positive energy, positive things happening, this is it's the ultimate letdown is is when they jump into this position. 2019, six and five record, coming off three straight wins, 10 a.m. game against the four and seven Jets in New York. We lose 34 to three. 2020, six and five record, coming off three wins and a 35 to 31 loss to KC, where we beat them earlier in the year, and this one came down to the wire. So we're like, man, we almost swept the, the Chiefs, right? 10 a.m. game against the four and seven Falcons in Atlanta, lose 43 to six. And then this year, granted, not as much optimism, but we came off a bye. We went and played the Texans. We put up 38 points on them, right? We're third in the league in, in points uh, per game. Seems like we have a good offense, right? Should be, like you said, kind of take some urgency and make it a game that we should win. Travel to New Orleans, 10 a.m. game against Andy Dalton and a banged-up defense, we lose 24 nothing. So as much as it sucks and as much as it's still kind of like, is this team really different? We're good for one of these every season. We're good for one of these a season, and it's very unfortunate. But that's where we're at. Number two, when it comes to Derek Carr and our Raiders teams in general, 
we tend to struggle in the first year of having a new system and having a new coach. 2015, first year Del Rio. Carr had 32 touchdowns and 13 picks, which was tied for second most in his career. He was sacked 31 times, which was also third most for his career, right? 2018, first year John Gruden. 19 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. He was sacked 51 times that year, which is the most he ever had in his career. 2022, first year with McDaniels. Right now he's on pace for 22 touchdowns, which would be tied for his second lowest, and 12 interceptions, which would be tied for third, third most, and also 34 sacks, which would rank third amongst the amount of times he's gotten sacked in a year. So that being said, our team struggles when we're trying to incorporate a new offense. Now, you could look at that and say, is that Carr's issue, not being able to pick things up quick? Everybody always talks about McDaniel's got a very tough system. You know, John Gruden was a tough system too. They say very complex, hard to learn. You know, they they turned around, they turned things around pretty quick when Musgraves came in. I mean, he they had a, you know, he kind of had a, a little bit of a struggling first year, but came back and we saw that 2016 year, which was MVP-esque for him. But yeah, I don't, I mean, it also sounds like, a, you know, let's just wait till next year and see how they have, you know, and, and pick it up because this year uh, we're, we're going to struggle this year and I don't want to be like that. Um, but we're also sitting here at two and five. You know, it's like, is it a toss up if we're going to beat the Jaguars this year? <laughs> it's like, it's just rough, but I'm trying to keep some optimism. I'm trying to look at some type of bright side and say, last year we made the playoffs. This team is better talented. And we're kind of seeing some things that are pretty typical for the Raiders. So that being said, like if we want to go, is it 10 and six, nine and six? Is it what's, I don't know that I, I don't do math well. Anymore. It would be 10 and 10 and seven or nine and eight, 10 and seven or nine and eight. Okay. We're at a point where we can only lose one more game. If we want to go try to go 10 and seven, I think nine and eight is very much pushing it for trying to squeak into the playoffs this year. Well, we're sorry. We're two and five. So we basically can only lose two more to be 10 and seven or three more to be. Okay. There you go. Sorry. Nine and eight. It's early. Sorry. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. I'm usually the one with math and the, the added yeah. week. Anyways, you're looking at our schedule and we can really only afford to lose two more games or three more games at the most if we're going to try to squeak into any wild card situation. That being said, the Raiders are also, I think, only two or three games out from uh, one of the wild card spots at the moment. So we'll add a little bit more optimism there in that. We have a we have a good stretch of some potential potentially potentially winnable games, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Yeah, it, it's just frustrating that this you know it's it's just a new team, and those teams yes had big letdowns and the loss to the Jets and the Falcons were just absolutely terrible. We're just a better team than that than that team then, and, and I thought we were better from a personnel side and from a coaching side and the scheme and everything like that it's just frustrating I mean I think the thing that you talk about with the schedule right two and five you know our next four games um, we are favored in so we got Jacksonville this week home at Indianapolis on the road at Denver and on the road at Seattle those four games are winnable games um, be and really games that we have to win because the I would say five of the last six games we are probably underdogs in we got 
um, the Chargers. So after Seattle, um, we got the Chargers, we got the Rams, Patriots, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. So five of those games um, we're probably underdogs in. The Steelers game is, is a winnable game. I think the Patriots game is a winnable game, but the other ones are going to be tough. So you're saying, hey, where do those two or hopefully not, but three losses come from it. It's going to be coming from that stretch. So this is when we got to get hot. And that's just why that that game, I'm not saying we should have blown the Saints out, but it was just a game that we needed badly. Anyways, we're moving on. Um, we 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 got to we got to turn the page here, and we got to got to look forward to the Jacksonville Jaguars um, coming up here this week. We stayed out in on the East Coast, stayed in Florida, so hopefully none of that back and forth traveling and allowed the team to kind of reset um, and and get back into the group of things. So let's get into that um, preview here. But before we do. We'll get into our RTP betting segment. And before we do that, we would like Micah to tell the people who this RTP episode, Week 9 Preview, is brought to you by. Imagine Daniel Carlson lining up for an onside kick. Chances of regaining possession are slim, stakes are high, and the tension is even higher. Your pulse, Andrew, and all the RTP fans are racing. He kicks and you watch the ball land. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and their unbelievable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped-up same-game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TPPN to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, well, let's get into it, huh? Our RTP betting segment of the week here. Let's review last week. Um, Similar trends we've seen over the last two weeks, actually. So three game parlay, we had Cowboys over the bears that cashed had the Eagles over the Steelers that cashed the Bengals over the Browns lost on Monday night. They got smoked three game parlay, two of the legs cashed one did not. So that parlay was null and void, unfortunate, but let's get to some optimism here. Shall we underdog? Give me some commanders, baby. Plus three said, take them straight up. They beat the Colts and they rode that momentum into this week as Dan Snyder is going to sell the team. Double victory for the commanders. Give me those commanders that cashed last week. Hopefully you guys cash that in. If you were in a legal state of gambling, legal state of state that is legalized gambling and and a legal state mentally of gambling. And then give me the lock of the week. That was Cardinals Vikings over 48 and a half. Boom, baby, that cashed as well. Give me some of that. So two out of three, once again, for the boys. Mike, a good job on the lock of the week. And the underdog, Andrew, terrible choice on a three-game parlay. Moving on, going to give the vibes here. Um, and there's actually I, – I, I'll save it. I'll save it. Let's get into the three-game parlay for week nine. We are going to go – this is Vengeance Week, okay, my friends? Vengeance Week. So three-game parlay, give me the Patriots over the Colts. This is a classic Belichick game. Um, Sam Ellinger at quarterback. They're just going to run the ball down their throats. Jonathan Taylor might not play. Give me the Patriots over the Colts. Give me the Bills over the Jets for obvious reasons. 
give me the Ravens over the Saints. Monday night, Ravens traveling to New Orleans, mostly because I'm mad at the Saints. Also, Ravens are in a must-win state. You see Lamar Jackson under the lights. This is going to be a classic primetime game where Lamar Jackson gets loose. There's going to be all these reports about men need to pay the guy. Classic Lamar Jackson game. They're going to be too much for the Saints. Give me all three of those. Ravens also just added Roquan Smith, uh, linebacker for the Bears. He's going to help stop Kamara, which we could have used him last week. Underdog of the week. Give me the Rams plus three on the road against Tampa Bay. Two teams, high-profile teams. They've been at the top of the mountain the last couple of years. Two struggling teams need a win in the worst way. Tampa Bay is reeling at home, but the Rams are underdogs on the road. Plus three, give me the points. I think that's going to be back and forth game. I could see the Rams winning. Give me the three points. That's your underdog of the week. Lock of the week, Green Bay, minus three and a half at Detroit. This isn't your... This isn't your father's Packers, okay? Let me tell you that, okay? Rodgers is reeling. They need weapons. They need a win in the worst way. That is for certain on the road. It's three and a half points. Might seem a little bit too much. Lions are trading pieces. They were a fun team to begin with. Now they're just like the old Lions, one and six right now. I think Green Bay takes care of business by touchdown or more. Get three and a half or giving three and a half points. I haven't taken that. That is the lock of the week now. We're shifting gears. We're adding a new leg to this betting segment. And this is a loser leaves town bet of the week. Okay, This is the time of year where two struggling teams, the loser, you're basically done. You got to leave town. No playoff hopes in sight. Raiders over the Jaguars. It's got to happen. Loser leaves town. Sorry. Raiders two and five. Jaguars two and six. Okay. AFC South is definitely in, you know, is up for grabs. Raiders still have a chance, like you mentioned, to make a run, get in the wild card. This is a loser leaves town game. Um, maybe I'm just I'm doubling down, all pun intended, on the Raiders here. Got to happen. Sending all the vibes, taking my positivity, my optimism, sending it to the Raiders out in Jacksonville. That kind of buries the lead as far as my predictions, but loser leaves town. So let's recap. Three-game parlay, Patriots over the Colts, Bills over the Jets, Ravens over the Saints. Underdog, give me the Rams plus three on the road against Tampa Bay. Lock of the week. Green Bay, minus three and a half on the road against Detroit. Loser leaves town Raiders over the Jaguars. That's all. We'll have a loser leaves town game every week. So just starting that midseason here. That's fantastic. I love that you added that. I love that the first time that you run it this year is Raiders game. As much as I hate being in that position. We're losers right now. Yeah, writing's on the wall at the moment that that is, uh, you know, how it is is panning out, unfortunately. So. I love it. Um, I was just thinking about it earlier when we, after we had mentioned that we were going to the, going to Vegas for the Chargers game. I think we're going to have to throw money down on your, on the RTP parlay. Like, I feel like we're probably just like, we're footing now that, you know, now that we can, now that we, Mm -hmm. you know, can legally do it because we're in a state that allows it. Mm -hmm. Um, We might have to just hit the sports book, ride for the squad and put money down on it. But I'm into that. Cool. Let's get to the week nine preview then. As mentioned, Raiders are on the road against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Currently, the Raiders are favorite favorites at um, minus one and a half, um, over under 47 and a half, which is hilarious for two struggling offenses, which means it's basically the defenses aren't that much better. So over under 47 and a half Raiders favored by one and a half. Some notable injuries um, that popped up. The official report will come out today, um, but currently 
Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Mac Hollins, Divine Diablo, Sam Webb, all questionable. Adams with the illness, Waller with the hamstring. Um, Diablo didn't get healthy last week. Hollins is a newer add to the report as well. Um, Jaguars, wide receiver James Agnew, um, one of their starters. And um, what's hilarious that popped up is Calvin Ridley is on the injury report because he is suspended. Um, and the Falcons traded Calvin Ridley to the Jaguars at the deadline. If you um, were keeping track, Calvin Ridley, Ridley was suspended for the whole year. Do you know why he was suspended? It's because he was betting on sports, which you can't do when you are in the NFL. He was injured. And you know what game that he bet, Micah, when he got suspended? He bet the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. It's just hilarious in all sorts of ways. Um, oh, how the turntables. But those are some injuries. Starting it off, Micah, you have the Raiders D against Jacksonville's offense. Let's ride. Not Broncos country, but you ride. First, I'll start with a little positivity and the fact that Divine Diablo was the only one that didn't practice um, out of all those injuries that you put out there. Um, the other guys were limited practice, so that's good. What's not good is that Divine Diablo didn't practice, um, and we can't really afford to be down um, a whole lot of linebackers, especially someone who has been more of our coverage linebacker flying around being that sideline-to-sideline kind of guy. This is going to be a Jaguars revenge game. Um, Zay Jones on the opposite side on the Jaguars offense. He's got a big revenge game here. I think this is going to be a, a similar thing to the Saints game when you look at the opposite team having just like game-changing type of player in their running back. Uh, Travis Etienne has really came on um, a lot lately in the receiving game. Um, and in the running game, too, he kind of just can do it all. Trevor Lawrence has done a little bit better. He's kind of come into his own this year, still struggling a little bit. But, you know, they do have some weapons. Well, Christian Kirk, uh, Zay Jones, wide receiver, um, and then ETN in the backfield. I think that our DBs can do well enough to cover those receivers. Um, it, it, I say that, and we talked about how the Saints had two main receivers out and they still you know, were able to figure things out against us. But this game is, and I feel like it's probably very true for a lot of the games we have and are going to have, but this game is going to come down to our D-line and our linebackers because our DBs are the crappier side of our defense. So um, we're going to have to be able to control the run game, control ETN out of the backfield in general, which comes on our linebackers. And then get to Trevor Lawrence. Um, he's young. We need to really uh, disrupt the backfield for him, get him off of his mark, get him flushing out of the pocket, get him, you know, kind of thinking about things before he can go through his projection projections, progressions, and just keep him on the move. I mean, he, he can move, but if we're able to kind of not let him get in a rhythm, that'll be the best, best thing for us. Um, it's hard, man. It's hard because our our defense has been so good at times, and it's been so terrible at times as well. It's just so hard to really project where things are going to go, how they're going to do. I think that the Jaguars have struggled enough to where they could just as easily have just a shit show of a day um, and not be able to produce much. And our defense, you know, if we can go out and get a turnover or two, helps swing this game, and and you know, in hopes that our or that our offense can get rolling can have some semblance of getting past the 50-yard line. That would be dope. Um, and, yeah, I just think that we're in a spot where we need to definitely this stretch of the next four to five games or whatever it was that we were talking about where it's very winnable games, we have to win these games. And it's going to start with 
the defense being able to get off the field on third downs and be able to give the offense the ball back. Now, like you said, against the Saints, they couldn't get off the field. So that's going to be have to do with what you're going to touch on, obviously, on the offensive side. But the defense needs to be better at getting off the field on third downs. So that's the keys to the success on the defensive side of things. We just need to control ETN because he's the biggest weapon and keep Lawrence uh, on his toes and uh, you know not let him get in a rhythm. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think it's, you know, they traded away James Robinson, so ETN is definitely the focal point there. Nailed it that time. But yeah, also a team that's coming off, off of a loss in London. Um, so having to travel, hopefully we can just, you know, get back to to what the momentum we had against the Texans, not the Saints, and, and get back on a better state here. But um, yeah, so you look at the Raiders offense against, um, against the Jaguars D, it's just... You know, I, I think I don't think we we panic um, in, in a sense of like completely changing how we balance the game. Still think it does need to go through Jacobs. But what really is missing is, is you know, and it, you kind of touch on it, too. And in, in, in the optimism and kind of the coming off the Saints loss, it, it's we got to be able to get into either some max protect, you know, situations with car to be able to push the ball down the field or at least, you know, get some rhythm early. Right. So maybe just get in some five wide receivers, get in some, some quick hitters. That'll just get the, the you know, the, the offense going, get in some hurry up. They did that a good amount. Um, they did that against the Texans. They did that against the Cardinals, against the Broncos that you could see that team, you know, start rolling, you know, call two plays, get in there start pushing, um, you know, pushing the envelope, putting the pressure on the Jaguars defense and car needs to get into a rhythm early. As you know, he's not a quarterback, you know, Unfortunately, it's once he gets hot, he can he can stay pretty hot, right? But but if he gets, you know, if he's getting hit early, it's just going to be tough. It is a good um, Jaguars defensive line too, so headlined by Trayvon Walker, the number one overall pick. So yeah, I mean, I think hopefully Adams is is rested. Um, he's able to get back to a hundred percent. I know he did play, but he did didn't look like the same. I think our offense didn't look the same in general against Saints. So yeah, I just think you you know have to be able to take advantage of. Of the Jaguars secondary, I think it's a team we can definitely throw on, you know, definitely be able to attack. And I, I just, it's one thing to say, hey, we just got to come out early and be aggressive. But really, we know that this team is is a, is really, or sorry, this this team overall is not something where we can get in and, and just win 17 to 14, right? Our offense has to be um, the ones that is putting the pressure on and, and putting up a lot of points. So our defense isn't on the field all day. And they're not so dominant where they can just take over games and win those you know, low-scoring games. So offense is going to be huge. I want to see a little bit more Zamir White. Um, I want to see, you know, keep keep the balance of a rushing attack, not just all around Jacobs. You know, I do still think he needs his touches, but we need to be able to show different looks. We need to be able to show that we can um, get, um, you know, even in like third and fours, be able to, you know, get in a shotgun and, and run it, run up the gut with Zamir White, just different changes, different. We don't want to be so predictable. And I think that if we can do that, then we can work off play action. That is where Carr is best. That is where this Josh McDaniels offense is best is off play action with routes that are crossing, you know, over the middle, getting um, some separations. Um, you got to kind of scheme up separation right now with um, Renfro isn't looking the same. Adams is, you know, he's Adams. And so he's a beast. He can get a separation, but Matt Collins isn't someone that is just a burner that can get that quick. So we got to scheme, scheme that up. Hopefully we get Waller back. That is going to be huge. It's going to be, it's going to be another weapon that they do have to keep in mind. So overall the, the, the offense has to just, they, they got to step up, right? They have to step up. I think even losing 24, nothing sucked and not have an answer for Kamara. The defense played good enough to win the game, right? They were just on the field for too long and but 24 points is 24 points, man. So um, it's not, you don't love it, but it, it's what are you going to do when the offense can't get, get anything going? So um, I think you see a, 
a revitalized offense. I think you see the Raiders, um, you know, being aggressive. I hated, sorry, I forgot to talk about this, but they, they did a um, fake punt against the saints, which honestly fake punts aren't obvious. This was one of the more obvious ones that they did. And it was just, it's, it's just like in Madden when you're just always going to go for it and you direct snap it to the up back and he, it's like a five yard loss. That's basically what it was. Uh, it was just terrible. So not saying trickery like that or, or hey, stay aggressive in that sense, but just be the team. This is a, a team that you have to be. This is a team that you, you're to lose the least talent, guys. Okay. That's why I already talked about it. But got us, we've got to see Carr get back in rhythm. We got to see that offense get, get in rhythm. And Jacobs is more is most explosive when we are just as much of a threat on the passing side as we are on the running on the rushing side. So that's going to come from getting Adams early and often um, and getting Carr in a good rhythm, having some quick hitters being able to run a little bit, hurry up, keep them on their heels. And then once we can get some of those bigger explosive plays, put some points up early, that's when you see this team take over and just start dominating on the ground, just pounding the team and basically doing to the Jaguars what the Saints did to us. So I think the offense gets back gets back to where we need to be. I think they come come back and um, end up putting some, putting some points on there, putting the pressure, and I think the defense does enough to win. So um, I already spoiled it. I said the Raiders are going to win, so I'll get into my prediction here. I'm going to go Raiders 27 to 20 over the Jaguars. We need this in the worst way. Please, please. It's my birthday Saturday. How about that? Can I throw a birthday wish? Can you just win um, on the sixth? Okay. That's all I want for my birthday. It's just a Raiders dub. Okay. Paradise dub. We're playing for our playoff hopes tomorrow night. Be there. Omri Field, if you'd like. Friday night. Taking out Corning. Got to win that one. And then Raiders need to win on Sunday. That's all I want. Give me 27 20 Raiders. Please. Please, for the love of God, please. If not, uh, like, if not, I'll tell you right now, I will, I'm going to be just burn the ships. Okay. I'm going to burn the ships. If, if, if not, I'm saying tear it down. So that's it. I'm done. Dang. That's a lot. All right. You're, you're reverting back to Dan in the first quarter of the Texans game. If, if this happens, uh, just kidding. Um, yeah, I realized no, no, that. No, 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 I am. I will be there. Okay. You are right. accurate. Yeah. Okay. 100%. All right. Well, that's what it is. That's that ain't no guess. That's what's going to be. Um, yeah, I, I realize that every week, I I always truly believe that the Raiders can win every game, uh, for the most part, right? I always have that hope. Um, so what I'm going to do, um, I'm going to give you. I think they're going to win as well. Um, but I'm going to give you the uh, best case scenario, um, you know, where I think it's going to be, and then worst case scenario as well. So best case scenario, I think we win 24 to 14. Uh, Raiders get a W. Um, offense kind of gets rolling enough to get back in the swing of things. Um, I think if we don't, it's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be like a 13 to 9, 13 to 10 loss. But nonetheless, I don't see the Jaguars putting up more than 14 points on this defense. It's just going to be whether the offense can go out and score more points than the other team, which is how you win football games. So that is it. I got a. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm going to give the Raiders a, a 24 to 14 victory is what my prediction is going to be. But if it gets ugly, I don't want to see it get ugly. So, yeah, I'm with you. Raiders, we need you guys. All right. Come back. Get this dub. Take the Jaguars out of here. Have them be the loser leaves town. They don't have to leave town because they're technically located there. But we're going to leave town as victors. Victorious will be the notorious victoriouses. And we got to take care of business. Raider Nation, love you guys. Uh, sit down if you're still soggy sorrows. Stand up 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time when we take on the Jaguars. Peace out. Love you guys. As always, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcasts. Go check out the YouTube channel. 
we need a dub. We need a dub this week. Let's go out. Let's beat the Jaguars. We are better than the Jaguars, so let's go show it. Have a great weekend. Uh, have a beer for Andy on Saturday as it is his birthday. Um, hit him up on Twitter, underscore at underscore at underscore Andy Mac two underscore. Give him some birthday wishes on Saturday, and yeah, hopefully we can get out go out there and get this W on Sunday. So we'll see y'all. Uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast, and we'll see y'all next week. Mm.